Oh boy, I let that one run out, didn't I? Sorry about that. Uh, well, we're going out uh, on the um, on all the apps. So thanks very much for joining me. Gosh, I hope all the microphones are on. Think uh, think they are. Oh yes, they are. That's very good. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Liberty NZ Breakfast here with me, Grant Edwards. Here till seven o'clock. If I don't uh, have a stroke or a heart attack, because you just never know. <laughs> Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Okay, welcome everybody. Uh, we had a whole heck of people there. We had some people from the United Kingdom listening. Also Germany as well. Good morning to you, or good evening probably to you over there in the Northern Hemisphere. And a whole heap of people from New Zealand as well, all the way, all over the place. Nelson, uh, all sorts of interesting places there, Christchurch, places that don't normally listen to us. Um, uh, Timbuktu, not Timbuktu, uh, what's it called? Ekatahuna. Yes, Ekatahuna. And uh, I've got a story about uh, Prince Charles visiting Ekatahuna, but I won't tell it because I don't think it's appropriate. No, I've just changed my mind on that one. Okay, we've got um, a TNT radio news coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, but before we do, I wanted to squeeze in, well, I did actually squeeze in the song that I wanted to. So, um, yes, well, TNT will be They'll be here in just a moment or two. Honey Bunch, can you give me a hand out here? Michael? Well, where have you been? Bearings. You won't believe all the neat stuff I got. The neat stuff? The last time I saw you, you were going to get a fuse for the Christmas lights. Fuse. Right here. That was eight years ago, Michael. How okay, could you... Okay, okay, ju- Next to the fuses, they had these nifty chili pepper lights. What? And then I spotted this crystal punch bowl set that you're really going to love. Oh. And Bearings has chocolates and jams and stuff for the holidays. And I got this nifty gift wrap. I can't and- believe this. I know. Bearings is unbelievable. Look at this plush bunny I got for little Tammy. Little Tammy's in college now, Michael. Well, she's going to love this cool coffee grinder then. You never called, you never wrote. And you know, Bering sells phones and stationery. I guess I just lost track of Michael, the... we need to talk. Hey, there's a man sitting in my easy chair. Yes, that's my husband. What? I've remarried. This is incredible. I know, but he I... He looks like a perfect six and a half. What? At Bering's, I picked out these nifty gloves, and I'm sure oh. that you might... With over 70,000 items, there's one place you can't miss for the holidays. Bering's, Broadway at 410 North. But please... Shop responsibly. You ever heard Soros' interview with 60 Minutes where he says, I see myself as a god? Have you ever seen this uh, interview or or what he says? No. Really? He said he sees himself as a god. Oh, my God. That's the one. This is the one. Uh, Okay, right there. It seems that Soros believes he was anointed, anointed by God. I fancied myself as some kind of a god. If truth be known, I carried some rather potent messianic fantasies with me from childhood, which I felt I had to control. Otherwise, they might get me in trouble. Whoa. Ask anybody who's from Hungary. Bring up the name Soros. See what they say about him. This guy's manipulated the market currencies. He's like a bad guy in a movie. Go to episodes at TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. British security services are reportedly conducting an urgent manhunt for six suspected Iranian-backed Islamist terrorists who broke into the country on migrant boats launched from the beaches of France. Last month, agents for the Secret Intelligence Service, commonly referred to as MI6, stationed in Damascus, Syria, reportedly discovered a terror plot with the mission to target the government of the UK. Despite discovering the alleged plot, six men with ties to Islamist terror groups linked to the planned attack 
were able to surreptitiously enter the country by boarding people smuggler operated migrant boats in France and cross the English Channel, whereupon they would likely have been brought ashore by British border force. According to a report from the Express newspaper, three of the suspected terrorists are currently under surveillance. However, the other three have gone missing after using fake IDs. The interchange connecting Sydney's new airport to two motorways will still be built, but the state budget will be $1.4 billion short after the federal government cut infrastructure funding. Last week, Federal Infrastructure Minister Catherine King announced funding would be cut for 50 high-risk infrastructure projects nationwide to curb spending after a $33 billion budget blowout. Australia's most populous state, New South Wales, felt the biggest impact, with cuts to 17 out of 50 affected projects. The International Monetary Fund released a handbook for global central banks regarding the development and implementation of central bank digital currencies. The IMF Central Bank Digital Currency Virtual Handbook, published last week, pointed out that the increased use of CBDCs can reduce dollarization of the global economy, a situation where countries move away from relying on the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency. De-dollarization would push up borrowing costs in the United States, making loans expensive for businesses and individuals, thus affecting economic growth. Stock market values can also crash, reducing the savings and investments of Americans. In addition to de-dollarization, a CBDC could increase risk of flight to safety from retail bank deposits and periods of market stress. During times of market volatility, customers withdraw their deposits and move it into safe assets to avoid losing money in scenarios like bank collapses. Former President Trump is leading President Biden 46 to 44 percent in the general election polls for the first time. Even more remarkably, Trump is leading 46 to 42 percent among voters 18 to 39 years of age. Biden won this age group by 26 points in the 2020 election. The poll also shows Biden and Trump's likability numbers are about even for the first time. According to Mark Owen Jones, who is associate professor of Middle East studies at Hamad bin Khalifa University and expert on digital authoritarianism and social media disinformation, the Israeli government is resorting to increasingly wild disinformation online and appears to have lost control over the narrative about its war on Hamas in Gaza. Here with more is TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. Here's the real takeaway from all of this, and that's that Israel is actually losing the public relations war. Now, mind you, they got off to a very fast start. It seemed like the world was behind Israel, but they really weren't. It was governments and the mainstream media that were backing the carpet bombing of the Gaza Strip. This is ethnic cleansing. This is genocide, of course, who can support it. And now that's being reflected really in the media. Naftali Bennett, former prime minister, admitted there's 15 times more pro-Palestinian messages and posts on social media on the internet than there are pro-Israeli so they're clearly losing it but now you see this Al-Shifa hospital tobacco and it reminds us of Geraldo Rivera and Al Capone's vaults a nothing burger there was nothing there but they're still producing these crazy propaganda films this is worse than Baghdad Bob and Chemical Ali they're not much better than Saddam Hussein's propaganda unit we expected more from the Israelis but unfortunately they're only delivering comedy at this point for TNT Radio this is Patrick Henningson. Well, Patrick certainly got it in for the Israelis, hasn't he? Five past five here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. We've got news, weather, and all sorts of uh, interesting things coming up this morning. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Going to be good. Weather is next. When I was a kid, my parents told me a story about two communists that were talking to one another. One said, let me ask you, if you had two houses, would you give me one? And the other said, of course, you're my fellow communists. Of course I give you one. If you had two cars, would you give me one? Yeah, why are you even asking? Of course I give you one. 
If you had two chickens, would you give me one? No. <laughs> Why not? Well, I have two chickens. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yep, it turns out that um, communism stops where your wallet starts. Absolutely right. Okay, thank you very much for joining me and uh, hope you enjoy the program this morning. We're looking at weather first of all and the situation is we've got a low a low pressure. It's this pressure system and it's to the northeast and it still drives the showers to the east of the North Island today. Perhaps a few pockets of rain still as well. Uh, a few afternoon showers in the west. And uh, in the South Island, you've got mainly fine, well, sorry, yeah, mainly settled. We've got a high pressure. However, afternoon showers may develop inland again. Now for Northland, Auckland, Waikato and the Bay of Plenty, partly cloudy weather for you. Uh, the odd isolated shower, especially in the afternoon and early evening. You've got southerly winds expected today with a high of 22 to 25 degrees, which is not too bad for southerly winds. Uh, for the western North Island, including the central North Island, partly cloudy weather, cloudier towards the eastern ranges with the odd shower and you have southeasterly winds 16 to 22 is your high today eastern North Island, patchy rain or showers, south to southeasterly winds with a high of 17 to 19 degrees today, and now for Wellington, up in, up in Wellington, hello hello to you, mostly cloudy you've got the odd fine spell <laughs> uh, possibly mainly in the afternoon, uh, sunny spells, yes, and you've got a few light showers though and it's going to be pretty much later on in the evening. Southeasterly winds for you. 18 and 19 degrees is your high for the day. Marlborough and Nelson, mostly sunny. Marlborough has uh, some cloud, especially in the morning and night. Easterlies for Marlborough. Afternoon, northeasterlies for Nelson. Uh, today, your high temperature is um, around about 19. Could actually creep up to about 21 degrees. We'll just have to see how we go. Canterbury, mostly sunny in the afternoon. Cloud inland about the ranges, perhaps an isolated shower close to the main divide. And you've got cloud thickening overnight for most uh, east to northeasterly winds, freshening and then easing later in the day. 18 to 25 degrees, so that's quite a range, isn't it? Uh, for the west coast, mostly sunny, isolated showers developing. Uh, that's going to be about the ranges in the afternoon, and then it's clearing later later on. Uh, you have light winds tending west to southwest in the afternoon, 19 to 26 degrees for you. In Southland and Otago, mostly sunny, with going to have a developing high cloud though, thickening and lowering right down uh, later in the day for coastal areas. Central Otago has a few isolated showers developing. Uh, you've got... Uh, a few maybe heavy and then clearing later on in the day. Light winds east to northeast at least for you. Winds, uh, yes, that's especially about the Otago, uh, coastal Otago. That is 19 to 25 is your high. I'll be back in a moment with uh, some news. It's seven minutes past seven. It's clearly unjust what the IDF has been doing to the Palestinians because there's a vast disparity between the number of Palestinians being killed and the number of Israelis. I mean, I would the certainly hope that Israel is, is killing more Hamas. This isn't a conflict. I've... This isn't a conflict. This is one-sided ethnic cleansing. Okay, so, again, I'm just asking you, if based on the numbers, more Germans died than Brits in World War II, did that mean that British, the British were wrong in World War II? Because they did. Many more Germans died than Brits. Based on the numbers, does that mean that Britain was wrong in World War II? Britain wasn't bombing oh. civilian, civilians. Oh. Stupid, aren't they? That's the There's a clear you, you, should, you, should talk to, you should talk to the people in Dresden, but There's you can't because they're dead. Okay, uh, before we go to the front pages, let's have a look and see what happened on this day, 21st of November. Uh, if you're having a birthday today, happy birthday to you. But in 1863 on this day, the British, they captured 
Rangi Riri. Yes, they did. And uh, it was the... Um, it was, there were more British soldiers killed there at the bloody Rangariri than in any other battle of the New Zealand wars, but their eventual victory opened the Waikato Basin to the Imperial forces. Following the invasion of Waikato, that was back on the 12th of July, uh, Maori built a defensive line across the narrow strip of land between the Waikato River and Lake Waikari, uh, the central redoubt, the work of the chief, uh, his name was Te Huripu. Uh, yeah, or Fari Fari Pool, and uh, he was uh, he was um, it was a carefully he had all these special traps. They were concealed firing positions on this hill on this redoubt, but the formidable fortification was incomplete. He didn't have enough time, and he was also undermanned as well. He only had about five hundred Maori warriors, and uh, that was only one third of the British strength. The prolonged defence of Merimeri, 10 kilometres downstream, also stretched the resources for the Maori uh, warriors as well. And uh, it, was, it was also planting season, so a lot of them decided they were <laughs> go off and plant and uh, go and see the old Sheila and uh, give her a hand in the garden. So fighting traditionally was paused over the, over the, uh, the growing season, uh, so that didn't help either. But on the afternoon of the 20th, that was the day before uh, in November, artillery bombardment of the PA, the Imperial forces, were, they landed by boat behind the Maori lines and the outlying earthworks were cleared. Now the central position remained unbreached despite repeated frontal assaults by the British. 47 British and 35 Maori were killed in just a few hours so they really got a hammering from the Maoris. Now uh, at daybreak the next morning, that's this morning, uh, 18... when did we say that was? 1863... That was a while ago, wasn't it? Uh, in 1863, uh, by daybreak, yes, 180 Maori still in the pass. So, boy, they cleaned out. They must have taken off, gone back to, um, gone back to the old Sheila and do a bit of planting, growing season. Anyway, there was still 180 there. That's down a bit. And uh, so they, wait, they, they raised a white flag, <laughs> but they thought that meant negotiate. <laughs> Let's have a parlay. But no, instead the British, they took them all prisoner and they marched them to Auckland. That would have been a long walk, wouldn't it? Uh, all the way to, and then they took them by ship to Kawau Island, up where Governor Gray had his mansion there. But I don't know if they put them there. Maybe they put them put them to work in the um, in the copper mine. Maybe anyway, they went there. But then they escaped to the mainland. They must have swum, or. Um, uh, I don't know how they got back and take it a ferry, I suppose, to Sandspit or something, wherever it's called, that, that little place there. Anyway, so, but on the night of September the 11th, uh, that was in 1864, so a year later, they entrenched themselves on a ridge overlooking Omaha, Omaha and um, Matakana. Uh, they scoffed at the suggestion that they should return to captivity. In the words of the historian James Cohen, uh, the government wisely left them alone and they presently made their way across the Kaipara and uh, thence to the West Waikato area. So that happened on this day in 1863. How about that? Well, we've got more news coming up, some real good news. It is um, 12 minutes past five here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast. Thanks for joining me. Why did God create war? Why does God create murder? Why does God create all the the horrific things we see in the news, school shootings? Why would God create a mind that acts in that way? Well, I think the the traditional theistic answer to that is the free will defense. It's not that God created those things. He created free agents, knowing that it was better to create free agents who had the ability to choose and therefore to choose to love him or not, or love each other or not, than it was to create puppets. But with that 
decision to create free moral agents, there was also the risk that people would use that freedom to exploit others. How often does God get blamed by the people who claim not to believe in him for the evils that they themselves are responsible for? Now, you remember he said the theistic. Now, for those of you that don't know any Greek, I knew a little Greek. She was delightful. She was married to a very good friend of mine. Her name was Lily. She's a little Greek, and he was the guy that actually taught our class at the New Zealand Protestant Bible School, taught us Greek. We had it every time. Oh, we used to sit there and read Greek. We'd go around in a circle reading reading the Greek. And the best, the best of all was actually a guy from the Cook Islands. His name was Bobby. Bobby was brilliant at Greek. Of course, he was a very intelligent fellow, and so was his father. He was actually a lecturer at one of the universities, and it was Bobby that was telling me about the um, the, the uh, anthropologist and I and I thought oh well I know what anthropon is because an anthropologist comes from the Greek word anthropon which means man so he was a studier of man and he could tell how, by looking at a skeleton this Japanese anthropologist did I say Chinese no I mean I mean Japanese he could tell how many babies the skeleton had had what sex it was and how many children that she'd had as well and he said that there seems to be two types of people in the Pacific. Uh, and in New Zealand, the Europeans have a different a shape to the back of their teeth. The, it's more like a shovel shape. Just I'm not, you're running your finger, you're running your tongue over your back of your teeth now, aren't you? I know. See the power of radio. <laughs> uh, and the Islanders and the Maoris and everybody that's descended from Shem, it seems. That's one of the three sons of Noah that came off the ark. They've got a, a shovel. Uh, no, not a shovel. They've got a spade back. It's a different shape. So have, have a feel on the back of your teeth. And, and see how it's going. Okay, we're over at San Francisco now, and we've got the Christmas is just around the corner, isn't it? And the um, the Mayor London, her name is London Breed of San Francisco, she's encouraging residents to get their shoplifting done early this year. It's hard to believe, isn't it? The looting season is already upon us, she said. Uh, we are encouraging all residents to begin shoplifting for Christmas before everything, including the stores themselves, are shuttered and gone. Although a typically last-minute shoplifters uh, local couple, Jared and Stacey Adams, they would be... Um, committing grand larceny much earlier this year. Uh, he said, I, I waited until Christmas Eve last year and every store in the city had been cleared out and turned into a safe injection site for hobos, said Mr Adams. This year I'm going I'm going out with my crowbar the moment Thanksgiving dinner is over. Gosh, it seems like the season is just a not well. I think it's. I think I might knock over some Apple stores and get in earlier this year. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, he says the well, actually the San Francisco hobos temporarily they've been stuffed in closets due to the hosting of President Xi. Uh, the mayor adv- advised citizens to start burglarizing local businesses right away. This is a rare opportunity for to for San Franciscans to perform coordinated smash and grabs on uh, nice clean streets. She said. This is Mayor Mayor Breed. Uh, she said, I hope everyone will take advantage of this rare chance for a less crowded looting experience. At publishing time, Mayor Breed was seen following her own advice as she carefully picked out a $949 worth of Macy's merchandise for friends and family. Now, you have to remember <laughs> that in San Francisco, you can steal anything up to $1,000, I think, or it might be up to $950, anything over that. Uh, you end up going to court, it's criminal. Uh, we'll have more news for you in uh, just, a, just a moment. As a Sufi Muslim, I'm very ruffled by the title of your book. You I'm sorry about the quality of that. It's very bad. They've got the volume up too high. But this is Christopher Hitchkins, Hitchin, Hitchens. And uh, I don't know, was it Peter Hitchens? Peter Hitchens and Stephen. One of them's dead. One of them already knows the truth. <laughs> 
<laughs> One of them's no longer an atheist. Yeah. Have to settle for the uh, literal negation of Allahu Akbar? Yes. I thought so. Thank you for that question. Thank you. At the moment, it's very clear to me the most toxic form that religion takes is the Islamic form. The horrible idea of wanting to end up with Sharia, the state of religious law, and that the best means of getting there is jihad, holy war, and that Muslims have a special right to feel aggrieved enough to demand this, I think is absolute obscene wickedness, and I think their religion is nonsense. God speaks to some illiterate merchant warlord in Arabia, and it contains the answers to all humans. Don't, don't, don't waste my time. It's bullshit. But, but you're saying the same about it? Also, that God, that God speaks, the Archangel Gabriel speaks only Arabic. All religions claim to be revealed truth. But Islam rather dangerously says, ours is the last and final one. There can't be any more after this. This is God's last word. Now, that's straight away a temptation to violence and intolerance. And if you note, it's a temptation they seem quite willing to fall for. Every Allah reminds people that we're in a very serious struggle. We're a very depraved religion. He is very depraved. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've got Billy T. James coming up too. Billy T. He's no longer with us. I hope he was a Christian. You know, he probably had plenty of opportunities. Once you die, you know, the Bible says you don't get another opportunity. That's it. it says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. I'm afraid you are not coming back as a butterfly. <laughs> no, sorry about that. That just doesn't happen. Look, in a moment, we'll go to Radio New Zealand and see what they've got on the boil. It's 18 past five here at the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. Did you know that when a high-voltage wire falls to the ground, running is a huge mistake? No. As it touches the ground, a strong electric field with a radius of about 20 meters radiates outwards. This electric current can flow from one foot to the other, causing severe, sometimes fatal, injuries. However, there's no need to panic. If you're some distance away from where it touched down, you might feel a slight tingling sensation, but the voltage mm. isn't lethal yet. Always remember, don't move forward or panic and run. Just okay. lift one foot and hop backwards to stay away from the danger zone. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know you had to hop backwards. Why couldn't you hop forwards? You could see where you're going. I tried hopping backwards the other, or oh, about a year ago, and fell over a chunk of wood and got, got injured. I'm still not quite right. Never mind. Old people. Takes a long time for the old people to heal. Okay, we're over at Radio New Zealand. You can find them at rnz.co.nz. Let me just check the levels, make sure we're okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Okay, Radio New Zealand Q&A on tro uh, tropical cyclones. Radio New Zealand Ask Niwa, uh, the forecasting and media principal scientist. His name is Chris Bandolino, and uh, they're going to ask him to explain what a tropical cyclone actually is, and you can find out about that if you go over to um, the website there, rnz.co, and it's top of the pops right at the moment. The heading for it is Q&A on tropical cyclones. Also, uh, on the front page of the uh, the fake stream RNZ that's uh, government-funded. Of course, we well, that's not really, is it? We, we pay for our own propaganda. Uh, UN Special, that's United Nations Special Rapporteur she um, calls for a multicultural intervention in Gaza. More leftist garbage. The New Zealand uh, is to, or New Zealand is to meet with politicians, uh, NGOs. Now that's um, they're called. Um, what are those now? The NGOs, the NGO, uh, non non government organisations. There we are, and others. Francesca Albanese. I don't know if she's in relation to the Prime Minister of Australia. Possibly. Uh, she says that because oh, he's a leftist, isn't he? Yeah. I'm sure he is. Uh, she said there is a disconnect between the atrocities committed in Gaza and the response of the Western world. No mention of the atrocities committed by the Muslim terrorists upon the poor Israeli settlers. Uh, I think it's uh, over 40. I think it's, the, apparently it's uh, the numbers have gone up, apparently. Um, I think there was about 350 soldiers that were killed with these, this invasion, this Islamic 
uh, terror, all yelling, screaming, Allah Akbar, and phoning home and telling mum how wonderful. Mum, I killed 10 Jews. Wonderful, uh, isn't it? And um, yes, and I think it's about 1,400. Might even be more than that now. And how is it? that the Muslim terrorists that are reporting out of Gaza, so-called, um, so-called um, Palestinians, they're really just Arabs, aren't they? Uh, how come they know the figures? They know it's 11,000. And we know, look, if you know anything about, they lie like a Persian rug. They do. They just tell lies. you just got to go and look at Pallywood. Just do a Google search. I don't know. Find one that will give you the answers. Uh, just look at some of the videos on Pallywood. That's a Palestinian Hollywood, uh, they lie. They just tell lies about about the numbers. It's all just rubbish. I've just I've never seen such lying. Um, it's much worse. The um, wonderful Jewish people they they don't tell lies, of course. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they do. But you know they, they're still under the law. They've got the Ten Commandments to keep, so they try not to lie. God doesn't like a lying tongue. Anyway, we're back over in New Zealand now, and it looks as though I can see some planned retreat happening here. Uh, it's called Kal Kalerpa. Uh, that's what I think it's called anyway, Kalerpa, and it's spreading to, uh, it's over at Great Barrier Island, and the locals are throwing in the towel, they think they're going to, they can't get rid of it, and uh, so they had two public meetings this week, and uh, they're trying to set a path forward for New Zealand, the sixth biggest island is uh, Great Barrier Island, they're thinking about canning anyone going there at all, and I think that's just ridiculous, I think it's planned retreat, I think they're trying to destroy business on the island, uh, that's what I reckon anyway. Uh, also, if you've always wanted to own your own hobby shop, uh, there's a new store, a new uh, network has just opened up in New Zealand. It's called um, Hobby Lord, and this shop offers staff unlimited holidays and sick leave. <laughs> unlimited! Uh, the shop that offers staff unlimited holidays and sick leave uh, to provide a, a popular job. Oh, they, apparently, it's really proving popular with uh, the job applicants. They're inundated, wouldn't you, though? Wouldn't you be? And it uh, looks good. He looks an interesting fellow, too. That's on the front page. Hobby Lord. And they are looking for uh, new, um, you know, for people to invest and start a Hobby Lord in a town near you. Now, what other stories have we got here on the front page of the Radio New Zealand fake stream media are brought to you by uh, the New Zealand taxpayer? A lack of Coromandel tourists are leaving business owners worried about their summer. I bet they are, too. More planned retreat, probably. A predator control brings a female South Island kaka on par with the males. And power play, a three-way coalition, could make for treble trouble. Mm, I think it could do, too. Uh, Gisborne could see thousands of new home builds. We'll, we'll go into more detail and just see. I'll just read the headlines for you to start with to give you a bit of an idea. Whet your appetite, so to speak, at 18 past five. Uh, what's for breakfast? Oh, I don't know. Meatballs, I suppose, for me, being a carnivore. I might have some cheese and maybe an egg or two. I got two eggs yesterday. That was good. One little one, one big one. Blackie gave me a nice little egg. I don't know what happened to her. I think possibly... Maybe rats got in and gave me frighten them at night, you know, because it looks like I, so I have to, I'll have to reset the traps. That's what I shall do. Um, so, what else have we got happening here? Our tomorrow will be just as bright as our today, according to Kingi Turitia. Uh, visits Paikaka Pa. Oh, I don't know what that is. Some Maori stuff, is it? Um, oh, okay. That looks lovely. Look at my lovely Maori couple there. His name is Kingi Turitia. 
Hitia. I'm terrible with Maori now. I used to be really good at it. I actually got the top mark for when I was at Radio New Zealand. They gave me number one mark. I was the best. Uh, but for some reason, I seem to have gone off the boil with Maori. I just sort of struggle. Maybe it's uh, dyslexia, dyslexia creeping in. Of course, I was vaccine injured as a child. I remember definitely when I got my shots. <laughs> I don't remember the shots, but my parents said I had some shots. And they said, you just stopped asking questions. You... um. You just stopped altogether. And uh, I repeat myself a lot as well. Uh, you've probably heard that. Now, a man has been fatally shot by police in Wainui Omata. And, uh, well, he, not, he, he was shot. His, his name, he's been named. Uh, he will be a Maori. I can guarantee it. Yeah. Oh, yes, he was. His name is Tane Weeper. And he's 36 years old. He was police shot the man dead ooh, in the lower hut suburb last Thursday. I didn't even, even knew about that. Uh, he's been hold- he was holding his partner hostage with a weapon for over what sort of a weapon probably uh, kitchen knife or something I suppose for over an hour and was threatening to do her harm. Acting Superintendent Nick Tom, that's T H O M, he said that he was given medical assistance but he died at the scene. Several investigations are underway, including a police critical incident investigation, and the matter has been referred to the Independent Police Conduct Authority. It's very unusual for a man to want to do a woman harm. Usually we protect them. Quite often the women will bash up their men and then they'll claim and then they get injured because the guy's trying to defend himself and the girl gets hurt, hurt, you know, like he's got his hands out and might get scratched on the face or something like that as he's trying to fend her off. So a lot of that goes on. Oh yes, there is. A lot of that goes on. Uh, anyway, divorce and remarriage, inheritance and outda- uh, outdated laws. Ah, oh, so what are they going to do there? There's another little story. I just have a quick read of that, shall we? Divorce there. Once upon a time, it was assumed people married once, and that was it. But times have changed. They certainly have. The laws governing divorce, remarriage, and inheritance. Oh, that's a podcast, and you can find that. Uh, who is it now? Sharon Bet Kelly. Uh, Brett Kelly, her name is. She's the co-host of The Detail. Uh, Sharon, and she's very short-haired. She'll, she'll be a feminist. Uh, yes, a budding feminist. And uh, so you can go, if you want to listen to her podcast, feel free Go ahead, be my day, uh, and make my... <laughs> go ahead. Uh, okay, so what else have we got happening here on the front page of the Fake Stream Media? Not really much. New online technologies, putting Kiwi kids at risk of sexual abuse. Ooh, nasty. Uh, the law enforcement agency says... What What law enforcement agency? It doesn't really say. Uh, oh, agencies. Okay, they say that offenders are hiding identities behind encryption, and, and they are... Uh, uh, I can't read that word. Or anomalizing, what's anonymity, I suppose that means. They're using special tools for anonymity while children are suffering real abuse. Just keep the kids away. We never let the kids have a computer. We didn't let them have a phone. What do they need a phone for? We need to have a phone in the old days. What a phone, go to the headmaster's office or you go to the office and say, just need to make a call home, please, and you make your call. Um, It's just nonsense, you know, that the kids need phones. They don't need phones. Oh, we never had phones. How do we get on, I wonder? No, we just. I mean, I used to get um, messages. I used to get. I used to get the office lady. She used to take the messages for me and put them in the book. And for all of us, actually, write them in the book. Oh, message for Grant. Yeah, and just ring. Then, then you don't. You're not getting calls while you're busy working. And when you come back into the office, you have a look at the book. Oh yeah, I got some calls. You make a note of those and give them a call back. And then you do business. You're not all these interruptions. And the other thing is, I think that. Um, um, I, I think that contractors, when they're working for you, charging, I don't know, $90 an hour or 100 bucks an hour or something crazy like that, plus GST quite often, 
um, and they're picking up the phone, talking on the phone all the time. I think they should, you know, you really should deduct about 10%, 10 or 15% for them gas bagging to uh, other people, uh, other future clients. And I just think it's not right. What are wives for? They should be at home uh, receiving the calls for their contractor husbands. That's what they should be doing. But no, they're not doing that. They're out. What are they doing? I don't know. Uh, looking looking for someone better that they can jump ship to, I suppose. Now, we've got the all-black legend. He says the TMOs ruining rugby. What's TMOs? This is Carlos Spencer. He's concerned about the direction rugby is going. Uh-huh. Uh, policy positions sorted in negotiations, according to Luxem. Police programs, a policy rather, program police, or someone needs to police them, police their policies. Uh, they have been agreed with ACT and New Zealand first, with ministerial positions now being discussed. So they've got all that stuff sorted out. So I bet you Winston Peters will be, he will be, um, I don't think he'll be deputy. Don't think it'll be right for him to be deputy. I think the little, the other little shrew, what's his name? Seymour. Uh, uh, or Sealess, David Sealess. I think he should be the one, really. They did get a few more votes, didn't they? So they probably should, and I think he'd be all right as a deputy. I think foreign minister, and Winston likes travelling. <laughs> he does like going to these faraway places, exotic places. He loves it. He's quite a good statesman as well, isn't he? He lies like a Persian rug, though, doesn't he? I've already said that this morning. Sorry about that. Uh, what are we up to? Half past five, half past five, six o'clock, we've got TNT Radio News. Working my way through um, Radio New Zealand, uh, fake stream news. We'll be back in a minute, but before we do, let's have a break and uh, have a listen to Billy T. James. He was the greatest race relations conciliator the country has ever seen. Well, just give us a yell because every car is budget price, best on the lot. Yeah, see, he's no bloody good. He's the sort of joker that'll spend all day trying to talk you into something that you don't really want. Oh, oh next thing you're driving out of a yard in the car with a two-day warranty in Auckland, uh, coming out of the diff just to get rid of him. No, 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 you need somebody like, um, see that fella there? No, not that fella, that fella there. You need somebody like him. See, now, no way is he going to want have anything to do with me. So he's going to do anything to get away from me, eh? Check this out. Hey, bro! How much for a Cortina? The prices are on the car, sir. Bit steep for a 65, isn't it? We do guarantee our car, sir. Can I start it up? The keys are in the car, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, sit there. Right, 
I won't keep you a moment, Mr. Cross. Could a world got me out of the diff. <laughs> we'll deduct it. I'm sure your cousin can fix it. Tires been worn on the inside. Do you have a feel? Look. No, 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 no. We'll deduct the price of four new tires, all right? all right? Now, do you want this car or not? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Door won't open. Yeah, well, look. No, 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 no. All right, all right, I'll get my cousin to fix it. Another deduction, all right? All right, another deduction, yes. But do you want to buy this car or not? Well, how much is it after all the deductions? Well, let's see. There. Well, that makes it nearly the same price as that one there. What a ripoff. I may as well just buy this one. Well, why don't you just buy this one then? Well, I don't will then. <laughs> hey, no, it's me. Next week, I'm going to tell you fellas how to get a license, right? <laughs> yeah, that was Billy. He's good, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's great. Okay, it's um, 27 minutes to 7, is it? No, 6. Yeah, 27 to 6. I was just looking at this story here over at Radio New Zealand, and it's about all the nurses, a toxic relationship. <laughs> That's what it's like working uh, for the New Zealand Health Department. According to some of the nurses, nearly half of the country's nurses are actually not working, uh, with some even taking jobs in supermarkets and also on road gangs. Uh, that They would prefer that than going back to the health care. Uh, Tafatu Ora, which is New Zealand Health, uh, they are keen to persuade some back into the front lines and help fill, fill the chronic shortages. However, one former nurse said returning to work for the health system would be like going back into an abusive uh, relationship. Uh, Amanda Homewood, she walked away from her nursing job in 2021. Well, I wonder why. Uh, they're certainly not going to tell the truth in this story because it's a propaganda. Who wants to be masked up and jabbed? Uh, heaps walked away. Half of them. Half of them, the nurses, there's something like 150,000 nurses registered and only about 70,000 of them are actually working. They're off doing other jobs. Anyway, so Homewood said that she loved her almost 37 years as a nurse, but underfunded system uh, that was uh, doing all patients and staff uh, ground her down. And you know, and also that other thing, she said there's, apparently there's more than 150,000 nurses, that's what I said before, didn't you? They're registered. Uh, but the, that included those that have retired and others who left the profession even decades ago. Just under 75,000 held annual practicing certificates allowing them to work. Nurses' organisation, uh, uh, she's a spokesperson, her name is Kerry Nuku, she said many were burned out. Uh, she knew nurses that had opted to work in supermarkets and one who's actually joined a, a road crew. Uh, okay, that's just one. Uh, Union President Anne Daniels, she said Queensland and Victoria, uh, rather California, Queensland and California, there's two different, totally different uh, places, isn't it? Uh, they had legally mandated nurse-patient ratios boosting their workforce. Well, good on them for that. Nursing Council estimated between 4 and 5% of the more than 70,000 nurses with current practising certificates were not working as nurses in New Zealand when they renewed them. Mm. Really, that's terrible. That's 3,500 nurses, which is nearly as many nurses as would fill the vacancies that we need. Former Southland Hospital ED nurse Kerry Templeton, she quit last year after less than two years. Five other nurses in her department resigned in the same week. So in an open letter to Health Minister Andrew Little, she wrote, She feared someone would die as a result of understaffing. 
but after six months travelling overseas and working on a super yacht, she is starting a new job at Christchurch Health ED, that emergency department. That's going to be in January after Christmas, after the shoplifting uh, spree. Yeah, there's going to be heaps of that coming up too. <laughs> you can guarantee it. Uh, so there we are. So that's Radio New Zealand. And I think I've just about done my dash on Radio New Zealand. When I come back, we'll have a look at News Hub and see how they're ploughing along. Uh, yeah, here we go. Let me ask you a question. So you have a Muslim husband, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a question via you yeah. for him. No problem. If Islam is so fantastic, why do Muslims always flee to Christian countries. I why? tell you why, because Christian countries or Western countries, to be more precise, yeah. tend to send troops to their countries, destroy their homes, and, and then push them, uh, them out of their neighborhoods. That's why. Because but why people... come to Christian countries? Why not go to Saudi or another Muslim country? Well, because Saudi does, uh, Saudi Arabia actively prevents uh, their Muslim neighbors from uh, going there. And ah, the, the UK that? government or the US... But why does Saudi prevent migrants going there? Look, I'm not an ambassador for the, for the Saudi government. No, but probably I'm asking, because why it, come it, to is re- it is a repressive government. Gotcha. Isn't it because Christian lands are free and tolerant and open? And isn't that the very thing that Muslims try and change when they arrive in our country? That's yes. my question and my challenge in the UK. Oh, there you go. Sounds like Katie Hopkins to me, talking more sense. Dennis Prager coming up. Also, we'll hear from Rick Renner. And uh, also, I've got Douglas Murray as well. Ben Shapiro. <laughs> no show without Ben uh, Shapiro in the morning. It is, uh, what is the time now, Grant? Uh, well, I don't know. It looks like it's about uh, 20, 24 minutes to 6. And uh, we're over at News Hub, the hub of news. Act New Zealand first, blindsided by Luxon's milestone announcement. I wonder what he said. We'll come back to that. Now they've got more on the fake climate change. Existential crisis for humanity. <laughs> Kiwi scientists warned Antarctica's disappearing sea ice will uh, directly impact life here. Absolutely. Oh, we've got that um, here in Erin Patterson. Uh, something was not quite right. More details emerge on the murder-accused Erin Patterson in crime and uh, politics. Political commentator says Luxon's boasting is uh, coming back to bite him in the ba- ba- backside, I would th- th- think. Uh, social media devastating 10-year-old wait for... Uh, it's a 10-year wait for the answers over the toddler's brutal death. Which one was that now? Oh, just moving on that one just very quickly there. This is a story by Ruwani Pereira. And, uh, oh, wonderful video there of um, yachts racing. Now, I'll just have to get rid of that video that's gone right across the top. Um, now, the name was um, Utiru uh, Taylor Martini. She died of traumatic head injuries in July 2013, just four days uh, or he after he turned one. The toddler suffered the injuries while living in the care of his mother, and her new boyfriend in Huangarei. Uh, the mother was reportedly denied, res- well, she has reportedly denied responsibility. Of course, you're responsible. You're supposed to protect your child. Anyway, the grandmother, Sharon Martini, uh, she said that she would have loved to have seen how he grew up. Oh, well, it's all late now, isn't it? But late now, he didn't look after your kid. I don't know if I can be bothered reading that. It's just too, too distressing for me, actually. Let's find out what happened with Erin Baker. She's the one that's. Uh, Erin Patterson. She's supposed... Actually, I knew an Erin Baker. He was actually a cyclist, lived in Levin. Very good cyclist, actually. Hmm. Now, let's see what happened here to this woman. She looks kind of weird. She's rather obese, and uh, yeah, she is She is looking a bit, a bit chubby. But I suppose once she goes to prison... I suppose, what do they do? They just feed them carbohydrates, I suppose, and make them go even nuttier. She has been accused of murdering over a deadly mushroom meal. Uh... 
Who did she meet? Uh, she met, I think, the mother and father-in-law. <laughs> well, everyone feels like that, don't they? Getting rid of them. And someone else as well. But there's three of them, I think. Anyway, so Melbourne Air Traffic Controller. Who was this? Um, she was an air traffic... No. She's been accused of murder over a deadly mushroom meal. Was a Melbourne Air Traffic Controller in 2021 until abruptly leaving in, two, in 2000 and. Uh, 2001 rather, and, t- and then she left in 2002. She was an air traffic controller. Normally they've got big furrowed brows, so she must be really intelligent. She didn't look too too bright. Clever thing. I'm surprised I haven't got her earlier, but anyway, they have actually got her. At the time, she was not married to her ex-husband, Simon Patterson, and went by the name of Erin Scutter. Former colleagues who do not wish to be named described her in one word, a loner. Uh, something was not quite right. She was a bit strange. She didn't engage with anyone, one told the Herald Sun. Uh, she would say some weird, one-off-the-cuff things. It just didn't get along with anyone. They also described her as secretive, while they had got... Oh, look at all this stuff. They, I don't think they should be reporting on this before her um, before her court case. This is, this is interfering with a court case. I mean, I, look, I... I yeah, I don't think I'm going to read it out even. And I'm, I think shame on the news media for reporting stuff like this because when they choose, if if the jury reads this, they're going to be, they're going to, she's going to be guilty before they even start. Usually they do let them off though, don't they? So you can go read that for yourself if you like, but I'm not going to broadcast that because I've got a truckload of people listening and I, you just never know. <laughs> There's got some Aussies listening, they might end up having to be on the jury and then they'd be, they would be sort of like tainted, wouldn't they? By reading that, so we won't read. We won't read that. Yeah. Okay. So what have we got? Political comment. Here's here we got this one. Election twenty three. We've got old Baldy there. Says he who is bald uh, is me. It's a bit of a handicap. The failure to reach a coalition arrangement five weeks on from the election has thrown the differences between the negotiating parties into stark relief. Relief. Two political commentators say talks between National Act and New Zealand First to form a government are ongoing. But incoming Prime Minister Christopher Hipkin, uh, Lupkin, <laughs> Lupkins, Christopher Luxon, uh, he's made several rookie leaders' mistakes. A media trainer and former National Party Press Secretary Janet Wilson, she told the Morning Report, his boasting about his ability to negotiate is now coming back to bite him on the... We, well, I don't know if she said that, but that's what I'd say. Luxon met with New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters in person four times over the weekend, as well as over the phone, and he spoke with the ACT leader David Seymour over the phone and online. Uh, the three leaders were remaining in Auckland to work on a deal, though Luxon says any agreement will be announced in Wellington. Luxon on Friday said talks were in the final stages and there were only a handful of issues to talk about, apparently. But the weekend ended without any sign of an agreement between the parties, which, and I think these, I don't know, man, I suppose if I put myself in their position, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want it to be broadcast, but I think as, as New Zealand uh, voters... You know, and taxpayers, we need to know what's going on. And I think that these meetings, really, they shouldn't be allowed to just do them willy-nilly, you know, spending money, travelling up and down the country, and hotels and all this sort of stuff. Taxi bills, gosh, it cost you about 100 bucks to get from Auckland to the to town. Probably more. Might even be more in a taxi. I can't imagine them taking the bus. <laughs> they want us to take the bus, but I can't imagine they would. I think they should be put in a room, and it should be televised, and then we can see what's going on. 
with these people, and then we'll know if they're just talk, you know, if it's just talking points when they come out, or whether they actually have got any brains, whether they've got uh, an intelligence with an IQ above room temperature. We shall find out because I think a lot of politicians really it's just talking points that they learn. That's what they do. That's what I reckon. Anyway, I don't think there's a lot to them. Uh, maybe Seymour's got a few clues. I don't know. I don't know. I just think they're all actors, really. They're all working for the same, you know, corporation, the big, the big international. You know, they're really all treasonous, really. And we've got this deep state that's running the place. We've got them. They've sort of embedded themselves, honeycombed them, if you like, like Islamic terrorists in Gaza, into our political system. And they're in the, the what would you call it? They're in the... Um, the bureaucracy, you know, all the government departments, they're all run by leftists, you know, and, com- and communists and um, people from the United Nations and things like that. It's just, it's just very strange. And I don't like the idea of that people can just go and get a job in a government department. It's a, it's a job for life. I think it's very dangerous to have a, a lot of people like that and a certain type of person, too, as well. And uh, they, they seem to be the ones that are actually running our country. I think it'd be fair to say that the bureaucracy in New Zealand would have to be the deep state of our country. You know, the Americans talk about deep state, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they go on about that all the time. Gosh, I just thought for a minute I was boiling my kettle dry, but no, we're okay. I need to get one of those ones with a whistle on it, don't I? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Seymour, he acknowledges voters were becoming frustrated. Well, I don't know, are we? We want to see a good government. I actually, what I want to see, a couple of things in the news this week. Uh, In fact, late last week, they were just glossed over by the media. Uh, one of them is the um, the inquest into uh, the, um, the the 2019 mosque, uh, you know, the Alnor Mosque and the other one, the Linwood Mosque, the shooter there with Brent, Brenton Tarrant, name who we're not to be mentioned, <laughs> according to the outgoing Prime Minister, former Prime Minister, Dame, Dame Jacinda Ardern. Uh, they said he, in a transcript there, it said that he said there were nine other shooters in Canterbury. Now, why hasn't that come out? I'd like to know why. Because people have been saying that there were more. They said that they, they saw more shooters. And it was interesting because at that time there was some kind of a police sharpshooters, international sharpshooters. Not sure whether it was police or whether it was, whether it was military. But there was this thing happening in Christchurch at the time, which I find quite extraordinary as well. You know, all running around in fatigues. Uh, so it would be quite normal to see, you know, people running around in fatigues, uh, wouldn't it? Yeah, with their um, their military stuff and maybe even all strapped up with their semi-automatics as well. But um, I think it's interesting that that hasn't been... No one's sort of, like, looked at that and said, hang on, hang on, this is news to us. But there it was. It was in the transcript, you know, and I said that to someone at dinner on Saturday night. And, of course, this guy's, you know, sort of anti-any conspiracy. <laughs> he doesn't believe in conspiracies. I think he just lives in a dream. Uh, all his interest is fishing and, uh, what's the other thing, uh, fishing and drinking wine, I think. But anyway, um, yes, so I sort of got mocked a bit, but I said, look, I didn't write the news article. Uh, it was, it's there. Oh, all this change the subject. <laughs> it's typical, typical of people that um, have never actually been taught to debate uh, that have been, you know, trained by the communist infiltration and in the uh, education system to run from argument, run from debate. They don't want you arguing. They don't want you questioning. Uh, but of course, debate, argumentum, argumentum is the most important thing. That's how we get the job done. That's how we grow as a, as a, as a country. We have to uh, thrash things out. But anyway, no one said anything about it. Uh, about the nine other shooters that Brenton Tarrant said. 
when he was arrested, when they rammed their car into his Subaru uh, up on the, um, this is the police, rammed the car in. Uh, to the curb and it actually quite good it had pushed it up on the curb and the wheels were spinning then they dragged the guy out they thought that he had bombs in the back but I think it turned out to just be 10 litre containers and I don't even they didn't well I looked at the video of course I did I saw it I saw it yeah, didn't share it though gosh he ended up in prison one guy's in prison right now two and a half years he's got for sharing just the link just the URL it's crazy why would they want that all kept quiet why aren't we allowed to read the manifesto we are the taxpayers we put you bastards we put you in power how dare you turn around and say we can't watch this that and the other gosh look at the stuff that's coming out of Gaza look at the rubbish look at all this we saw the the beheadings and the the mutilation and the raping of these Muslim terrorists with the Israelis back five over five weeks ago on October the 7th we saw that how come there's no fine for watching that or sharing that? People are sharing that all over the place. So it's just a nonsense that we're not allowed to find out, A, what the manifesto is. They want to keep that quiet. And I wonder whether that video that old Tarrant made when he was apparently doing it, I wonder uh, whether mm, whether the governments of the world, the world government, the people that were resp- responsible, I think it was a false flag. Come on, of course it was a false flag. People get killed in false flags. And I, I wonder whether they didn't want that out. I wonder whether he took that video as insurance. And that's why they've made it unlawful. Up to 10 years imprisonment for sharing it. In fact, I think 14 years. I think Calvin Alp and Hannah Alp are up for 14. And some of the other people, the top people that are involved in putting out the, um, the Counterspin Media stuff. They've got something like, you know, huge amounts. $600,000 in fines they're up to. Uh, that's what they're up for. They're fighting it, of course. Uh, so that'll be interesting. So anyway, why wasn't this? Why haven't the media picked up on that? On that that nine other shooters. That's what he said. That's what he said. This is a cop in a transcript that that the shooter told him, and he said it in the inquest, which was and being held. I think it's still being held, isn't it? I don't know. So it's gone quiet. And what was the other thing that they were quiet on? There was another thing, and now I've forgotten. It's just gone out of my brain. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. Uh, so we got that one there, nine other shooters, and there was something else. <laughs> I'll think of it. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, let's get back to the story. Now, Seymour, he acknowledged that voters were becoming frustrated. Maybe I'll think of it if I just read this. Uh, and, but he said it takes time for the government to um, you know, get the, get the tough things done. And uh, so they, he reckon they just talk rubbish, really, don't they? Uh <laughs> Anyway, Peters, he's always been positive about the negotiations. Uh, they're not easy, he says. They're complex. It's all about, um, what, democracy. Uh, we, don't, we don't do dictatorships anymore. We never did do dictatorships, you dork. Gosh, you're condescending. It, look, it needs to be televised. They need to be put in a room in Wellington. That's what they need to be done. That's what needs to be done. In fact, I didn't even know if they need to be together. Why can't they just do a Zoom call? And they just sit there and they do it, man. They work like 18 hours a day until it's sorted out on a Zoom call. And it's public. We can all watch it. And we can hear the whole thing. It needs to be. needs to be totally um, public, publicised. That's my opinion anyway. Uh, now, we're going to go back to... Um, might have a look at stuff, shall we? Have a look at that before the news at 6 o'clock. Gosh, it's dragging this morning. Uh, here's Dennis Prager. You don't want to justify evil by the good that it might be transformed into. That doesn't justify now, the, the evil. Now, is the point you asked me, or I don't know if you asked me, but you mentioned yesterday... Uh, 
Well, you did. You said, well, do I resonate to the notion that Israel was built thanks to the Holocaust? Mm -hmm. that, that would be a good example of what you're talking about. And, and I, I said I, I was horrified by the notion. Right, 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 oh. right. But you also agree that when people face adver adversarial circumstances and even oh, totally. sometimes come... Well, adversarial right, so is not the same as crucifixion or a gas chamber. That's, mm -hmm. There's a finality to that evil. You, you can't grow from dropping dead. Mm -hmm. You can grow if you continue to live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a finality to the evil if biological death is death. Okay. Once we go to the hereafter, which I'm a, an adamant believer in, then, uh, then, then, it, but we can't depend on that with regard to evil. That's Jordan Peterson there with Dennis Prager, and there was someone else there as well, a Christian guy. Um, he seemed to be quite cluey, but I'm not sure he is. Uh, I'll have to find out for you. It's uh, 8 minutes to 6, TNT Radio News at 6. We'll also have some weather. We're over at Stuff at the moment, stuff.co. Some people call it Stuffed. <laughs> oh, I've got friends. I've got a friend who's a um, former editor for uh, a major, a major organisation. Can't say who, can't say where, can't even say which country. No, couldn't say, couldn't say. But anyway, I'd love to be able to tell you, but I'd have to shoot you. Sorry about that. He said that uh, Stuff is the most corrupt newspaper in the country. I don't know about that. I think they're all corrupt. They're all paid off, aren't they? All bought off. Anyway, let's have a look. This story can't be too corrupt. It's about helicopters, and they are working to contain a large scrub fire in the Port Hills. That'll be Christchurch. Smoke was seen across Christchurch as three helicopters and four fire trucks battled the blaze. And uh, we'll, I'll come back to that. Just remind me to come back to that. Uh, and also a front page news, the duo guilty of manslaughter after the balcony fall. Remember that? The balcony death, the duo charged with manslaughter after Joseph Tahana plunged to his death nearly. Uh, that, so they have been found guilty. Yeah, good job. And a stolen car flees police twice. It crashes into traffic lights. Thick smoke filled the air after a car fleeing police for a second time smashed into a set of traffic lights before spinning into another car. I hope no one else was hurt. Is Luxon likely to scrub Maori language from the government use? E, I hope so. Christopher Luxon said that he has wanted an English-first approach, while Winston Peters, he's promised to erase all Maori names from government departments. A new company offers unlimited sick leave. I oh, think we read about that before. Liam O'Neill is the guy. He loves games, and he also loves to see his employees happy, and that's why they're offering unlimited sick leave. Uh, and they're also looking, that's a good story, I'll, 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 I'll fiddle around on that, but now we'll just look at the most popular stories, and it is all about Luxon, significant milestone reached apparently, Peter says almost ready to agree, and then we've got the other top story would be the cricket, everyone's interested in the cricket, Pat Cooman's abandoned by Narendra Modi after giving trophy, uh, after given trophy, oh, I wonder, oh, just have a look. what's that about, don't really understand that, uh, Narendra Modi wasn't hanging around after handing the, the World Cup to a victorious Australian skipper. Oh, OK, you're bad sport. <laughs> OK. And then uh, whatever happened to uh, Chicago? Um, uh, yeah, no, we'll worry about that in a minute. Let's go to, uh, let's go back to that story about the fire. And now I can't find anything. It's all disappeared. Oh, no, don't do that on me. They've gone woken up at stuff and they've published some more stories. And now I... Can't find my way around. Okay, so what? What is this? Okay, we're at crime. Are we? Where are we? Hang on, go back. Where am I? I go back to national news, Grant. All right, Luxon. Okay, here we go. Luxon says significant milestone reached. Peter says almost ready to agree. New Zealand first leader says he is. Oh, I had another story to read about the fire in Christchurch, and now it's gone. Where have you gone? 
Oh, here we go. There we are. I'll read that, and then we'll go back to that one. Okay, we are, oh yes, look at the pictures there. Three helicopters are working through uh, to about 3.45pm. That was yesterday, and they worked through to help contain the large scrub fire in the Christchurch Port Hills. Fire and Emergency New Zealand alerted about 11.15 yesterday morning to a blaze which was on the hillside across the Port Hills from an industrial area in the southern suburb of Hillsborough. Uh, managing shift manager Lynn Crossan uh, said four trucks had also been at the scene on Monday afternoon fighting the fire from the Port Hills side, the Port Hills roadside. About four o'clock, she said ground crew would be being released while some released. What does that mean? Let them go into the and, and do the firefighting? Or does that mean they can go home? <laughs> I don't know. You are released from duty. Or no, we just sort of let them go like a dog off a leash. Shh, go and put that fire out. Uh, some a high country crews remained. Oh, no, they let them go home. Go home to the wife and the girlfriend. And the boyfriend. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're in there mopping up. Oh, it looks like it's all over. This is a nothing story. Uh, traffic in the area has uh, been a major issue, has it? Uh, public has asked to avoid the area. Uh, this is old. Got... So the trouble is they update the story at the top, the first paragraph or two, and then the, it's all old news. So we'll forget about that. Let's go back to Luxon. Now, he says they've made significant milestone. It's been reached, he says. Peter says they're almost ready to agree. And uh, so what have we got here? What do we need to know? Well, incoming Prime Minister Christopher Luxon says that he is negotiating to be in Cabinet. Uh, yes. And who uh, who will be in Cabinet, I should say, and who will get the ministerial portfolios after reaching agreement over the policy with New Zealand First and Act? So they've come to an agreement. But, but New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters, he's less optimistic, remarking to reporters on his way into the meeting with Luxon that it was an assumption to make such a claim. Oh boy, Luxon, you've got to be careful, mate. Uh, it comes 17 days since the election result was finalised, so that was on the 4th of November, wasn't it? Yeah, and of course we all went and voted back, you know, back on the 14th of October. It's dragging on, isn't it? Anyway, uh, so more than five, yeah, we've got that. Speaking to media on Saturday, New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters said Parliament could theoretically resume earlier than the end of November. Uh, Labour leader Chris Hipkins, I just remember what I want to talk about. Let me just write it down before I forget. Uh, now I've forgotten. Um, oh, yeah, uh, election, electoral, electoral fraud. That was a story that... Um, uh, he was a he's a leftist himself, Labour leader. What was his name? Richard Preble. Yeah, Preble. I'll just write that down now because if I don't write it down, I'll flip him or forget. Why not? Anyway, speaking to media on Saturday, we got that Labour leader Chris Hipkins has called for a ceasefire in Gaza. Well, he's because he's a leftist, and um, that will give um, Hamas an opportunity because they're calling for a ceasefire as well. Uh, that'll give them an opportunity to regroup, and we can't have that. You've just got to keep the pressure on. I'm afraid it's just some half-witted people uh, that think you know telling lies that carpet bombing and all that. No, they've got the Israelis have special equipment, man. They've got some incredible equipment. They have these laser-guided missiles with um, GPS and, you know, like the two of them together, like two witnesses. So very accurate. People get killed, though. Of course they do. But I tell you what, uh, if it was anyone else other than the Israeli Defence Force, the death toll would be through the roof. Gosh, it would be like the the, uh, the in Dresden with the British bombed Dresden. Gosh. How many people were killed in that? Unbelievable. No one whined about that. I didn't hear you whinging and moaning about, uh, you know, when all the Arabs got killed, uh, when, you know, like in the Assad re regime over in Syria there, there's tons of Muslims being killed. No one was uh, 
you know, running up and down protesting about that, were they? But here now, because the Jews are involved, because you're all a bunch of anti-Semites, aren't you? You're flipping Jew-hating. That's what you are. Not you. Not you. No, no. The others listening. <laughs> there, there, there's only one bad person here. Uh, but all the rest of you are just lovely. You love Israel, don't you? So you should, because there's a, there's a special promise in the Bible. And it's in, it's found. Look it up. Look it up. You can do it online. You can just go Genesis chapter twelve verse three and look it up. Just type KJV um, at the end of it. Yeah. Um, gosh, I've got this terrible scratching in my headphones at the moment. Hey, look, we do have TNT Radio News coming up. We better not forget that. Okay, so here's TNT Radio News, and then I'll be back with some weather right after that. TNT Radio News.